0: that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boati as Christ is
1: magnified
0: in you. God bless you so much for joining us today. It's a blessing to have you and um, to be in your service, in a service with you this morning tonight this afternoon whatever whatever time it is where you find yourself we have a great great wonderful man of god who um is blessed with the word of god with the wisdom of god hallelujah and i know that you are going to be blessed i know that god is going to use this as an opportunity to take you to another level of wisdom with respect to sponsoring his work and pushing for his work to go forward with your finances it's important that the word of God, the work of God is pushed forward. And tonight, or this morning, or this afternoon, whichever, whatever time it is at your, your end, we are blessed to have the ministry of Dr. George Alfred Arthur, my father, who has been a great blessing. I've seen these things that he's gonna share with us, work in his life over the years. So he's a great testimony and a great example of whatever he's gonna share. Whatever he's gonna share, is, is uh, he's proven it in his life. And I know that it's going to be a blessing to all of us. Hallelujah. So let's welcome with a round of applause the senior man of God, the only daughter I know,
1: Dr. George. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
2: Glory to God. Hallelujah. We give God all the glory. God is taking us from glory to glory. Hallelujah. To you be all the glory therefore father we receive lively oracles wisdom understanding enlightenment inspiration lights illuminations they come to us Fraklo Sensh Marakta Safara Actosende Mbrando Sish Mamakaratele Sush Makar Ingazish Iva Rakta Sandal mastoshi Makakta Smashandal Merakta Fara Masori and Gazish Makaka Zish Inglais Mathari Ngazush Manana.
1: In Jesus
2: name, thank you for lights the dispersion of lights. thank you for sending thy light and thy truth and we receive them wherever we are and we are transformed and our lives are never the same in jesus name and we are full of joy we are full of laughter hallelujah thank you jesus for the victory you've given us and father thank you bless the holy ghost thank you in jesus name amen hallelujah Hallelujah. i'm glad to reach you wherever you are whether in spirit or in the flesh (laughs) and i know you're going to be blessed hallelujah Hallelujah. can you please take your seat all right so i'm talking about kingdom prosperity It's amazing. (laughs) It's amazing. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Turn with me to the book of Revelation. Last year, I made mention that Jesus spoke on the subject of money more than any other subject. If you remember. Yeah. So, for all subjects in the Bible, Jesus spoke about money first. He spoke about money more than any other subject. The second subject he spoke about the most is hell. The first is money, the second is hell. Amazing. Revelation 6. Let's read verse 5. And when he had opened the third seal... I heard the third beast say, come and see. Now the beast here speak of the living creatures in heaven. I heard the third beast say, come and see. And I beheld and lo a black horse and he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. The next verse, verse 6. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, a measure of wheat for a penny and three measures Of Bali for a penny and see thou hast not the oil in a wine Hallelujah. hallelujah now this is a prophecy about the economic system in the last days how the economic system is going to be in the last days it's a prophecy about inflation yeah a prophecy about increase in goods and prices And I'm going to tell you how the world system is and God's provision for us to escape and to work in kingdom prosperity. Yeah, my message is more on kingdom. Kingdom prosperity, prosperity in relationship with kingdom culture. But let me give you some foundation about the present economic system. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So John saw our times in prophetic revelation and saw so, and when this seal was opened he saw a black horse and he saw one of the bees said come and see and john said the sorry the beast said a measure of wheat for a penny and three measures of barley for a penny that's amazing Now, if we're in john's day this would have been so absurd Because the black horse speaks of inflation, a measure. Now he was speaking in the light of the economic structure of his day, and he's communicating something in our day, telling us how prices and goods and services are going to be. Uh For a measure of which to, to 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 be for for a measure of which to sell for a penny was absurd. It meant that. The price for buying a loaf of bread was 12 times its normal size in his day.
1: Yes.
2: (laughs) Because a penny was a day's wage. What it means is that you work from morning to evening and all that you did can only fetch you a loaf of bread. And I heard last month that by the end of the year in December one loaf of bread in Europe is going to cost $12. Dollars. Wow. <laughs> $12. <dollars. laughs> yeah. More than 70 Ghana. Yeah, There are people who work today, they don't get $70, $70, $70 a day. <laughs> so now he prophesied. Now, the barley was for the poor, but the wheat was for the rich. So you see, a measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny. So obviously, he was prophesying at all times. Now remember that the seals, this third seal, fourth seal, they've not yet been opened. But they are yet about to be opened. But coming events cast their shadows. Coming events already cast their shadows. So when it comes to the economics of the world, they are never going to be better. They're going to go down and down and down and down. Whilst God's people who know the secret of kingdom operation will go higher and better and better and from glory to glory. After the world, it's as if it's getting better. It tries to get better and to get worse and worse and worse. So our hope is not in the world. God loves us so much that he made a divine provision for our health and provision for our wealth. How can God just save our souls and leave us to perish in the flood of this economic holocaust, or economic tension. He couldn't have done that. So don't, John prophesied that prices of goods and services, he spoke about inflation, they will be 12 times their size. So their price, sorry, in the last days. And it's happening. It's, people are complaining everywhere. While the world is complaining, we should not be complaining. To complain means that you, you have missed a kingdom pr- principle. You are not walking in the light of the kingdom principles. We should be rejoicing. We should celebrate the finished work of Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. James chapter 2. James chapter, two, chapter 5, sorry, 1 to 7, gives us another prophecy concerning the last days. Go to now. Now, King James says, go to now. James 5, verse 1. It's an old English. Go to now. Now, go to now means... In the Greek, come, okay, some version says come now. But literally it says, come, let me help lead you. Yeah, come, let me help lead you on an important subject. (laughs) Go to now, ye rich men. Now he's speaking about a certain category of rich men. He says, whip and howl for your miseries shall come upon you. Ye rich men. Now the word rich here <laughs> are for those who are filthy stinking rich. It's the same word Plato used for the legendary King Midas that his wealth was unsurpassed. So he's talking about those who are wealthy in this category. But now he's pronouncing judgment upon these rich men. He says, weep and howl for your miseries shall come upon you. The word misery is the Greek word for those who are insensitive and who are callous or benumbed, who cannot respond to the needs of others. So these guys were wealthy, but they never give. They never respond to people's needs. He says, howl and weep. The second verse. Your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth-eaten. You see, the English says your riches, but the Greek says the riches. There's a definite article in the Greek. So not every rich man qualifies in this category. He's talking about those who are wealthy and they're very selfish. Their judgment is coming on them. But let me show you what he's saying. The next verse, verse 3. Your gold and silver is conquered and the rest of them shall be a witness against you and shall eat your flesh as it were fire. Ye have heaped treasure together for the last days. You have heaped treasure together for the last days. The next verse. Behold, the hire of the laborers who have reaped down your fields, which is of you kept by fraud, crieth. And the cries of them which have reaped are entered into the years of the Lord of Sabbath, the Lord of the armies. You have lived in pleasure on earth and been wanton. You have nourished your heart as in the day of slaughter. Ye have condemned and killed the just and doth not resist you. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Now, this whole thing is about the last days. Uh-huh. Because in the early verses, he mentions that these guys have heaped up treasure for the eschatos, Treasure for the last days. Now, the word for last days year actually is a word for the last days. The last days. In a Greek, it's, the word is for a ship that is on a voyage, but en route it goes through different um, ports. But when the ship gets to its final destination and there's no longer any ports to go to, go to that's the word for last days in this verse. So it has come to its final destination. That's the last days. Alright, so this prophecy is about the, about the last days because he said, you have heaped up treasure for the last days. Then he prophesies and goes, goes like, be patient therefore brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. So, this verse, these verses are for us. But from verse 3 and verse 4, it's a prophecy concerning workers in the last days. Economically, he's saying that in the last days something is going to happen. Workers are not going to receive their due salary. workers are not going to be paid rightly because there is someone sitting somewhere monopolizing the whole system and heaping up riches for himself so what's going to happen in the last days is that if you work for 5,000 Ghana cities a month you are going to get 1,005 if you work and you realize that your strength and what you have invested you are worth 10,000 Ghana cities a month you are going to get 2,000 Ghana cities the reason is not because of the, because some people are monopolizing the system. And they are those, judge, he's pronouncing judgment, judgment upon them. They are those, he says, they are miseries. He, he mentioned, he's mentioned miseries. They mentioned that their gold is conquered. And what they are doing is that they are heaping up wealth for themselves. How are they heaping up wealth? Because they are depriving you of what is due you. They are refusing to compensate you. And they are putting everything on themselves. He says that is what is going to happen in the last days. So he's exhorting the brethren and he said, be patient therefore unto the coming of the Lord. So in the last days, there will be heaped up treasure. You see individuals, the, the whole people, you see a country and many are poor, but few individuals are filthy, stinking rich. Why? Because of monopoly. They have hoarded the whole thing for themselves and they are depriving what is due to others. That's why we have many strikes in our, in our time. Strikes everywhere. Doctors are going for strikes, nurses are going for strikes, teachers are going for strikes, and I'm telling you, it will never end. <laughs> Some will come, try and terminate it, another will come and resurrect it and increase it. <laughs> but we are not supposed to be tossed about by, by this kind of life. Moko toroboto. In Numbers 23, verse 9, Balaam prophesied, and he said, From the top of the rocks I see him. Ha <laughs> ha. From the hills I behold him. Lord, the people shall dwell alone. They shall not be reckoned among the nations. Brethren, we are not supposed to be reckoned among the nations. We are the church folks. We are a nation within the nations. We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation. We are the holy nation. You see, all nations are common, but we are the holy nation. The Bible says we shall not be reckoned among the nations. Because there is a path cut for us. There is a way God has designed for us. If we are to tread on that path, we will will escape totally what is happening in the system. Whilst many are crying and many are complaining, we are at peace. Because uh, whilst we are in this kingdom, we are living by the principles of another kingdom. And brethren, it never fails. And there is no way out until you discover what I'm trying to tell you. That is the way out. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Remember that when I spoke at the first Fruit conference, I mentioned about Cain and Abel. All the principles, all the major doctrines in the Bible begins in Genesis, and they are harvested, they are are seed in Genesis, and they are harvested in Revelation. Every major thing is hidden in the book of Genesis. And who were the first human beings to be born on earth? Yeah. Adam and Eve were not born. Among them which are born of women. Adam is excluded. Eve is excluded. (laughs) Yeah. The first human beings to be born were Cain and Abel. So in some way, we reflect Cain and Abel in some way and not Adam and Eve. Because we are born. Adam was not born. Adam was made a full-fledged human being. (laughs) He was never a baby. He never experienced what it means to cry as a baby. (laughs) Adam never experienced breast milk. (laughs) (laughs) He only had the milk of the word. (laughs) But the real breast milk, of course, the milk of the word is real. But (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Cain and Abel were the first... Human beings that were born. What was the first thing that was recorded about the first human beings? You read Genesis chapter 4. God is very careful in what he writes. There's nothing insignificant in the Bible. In the economy of words, God is careful with what he writes. The first human beings that were born on earth, the first human action... And the first human activity that was ever recorded about them was their offering. Can you just imagine? The first, so we are talking about the priority of things. The first human beings that were born on earth, the very first human activity, the very first human action, what was first recorded about their lives was their offering. What was God implying? why did god allow that now it meant that god is saying that giving offering and sacrifice will be the base of human society without which society cannot function our giving our offering our sacrifices is ordained to be the base of human society without which society cannot function until you know this secret of the kingdom your life will be tossed to and fro. You may think it's not necessary. If it's not necessary, why will it be the first subject Jesus spoke of more than any, any other thing? You will complain. You will mama. You will grumble. Because you, f- you are not walking in the light of this revelation. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's supposed to be the base of human society. Society cannot function without it. That's how we are supposed to live. Never come to a place where you think, ah, ah giving is too much. It's like saying eating is too much. <laughs> yeah, because it's your life. That is the principle of living. That is it. It's the base of human society. Yeah. You never come to a place where, ah, well, I've been, always been giving. You never say I've always been breathing. You, you don't say that. <laughs> you, you never get exhausted. Because that is your life. That's how life works. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, I, during the first fruit conference, I said that the first offering was first fruit. Yeah. And you guys were obedient to, to God. You loved the Lord. You gave your first fruit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. So the first kind of giving was actually first fruit. What, what is the second kind of giving recorded in the Bible? What's the second? After first fruit, what is recorded? In, what is the second major kind of giving after first fruit? The first fruit is the Abel's kind of giving. Abel's giving was the first fruit. But the next kind of giving is what is called is a sacrificial giving or is the principle of this, the, the, the seed sowing. Uh-huh. The word sacrifice, this is a death principle. So is a seed principle. Yeah. And that is Noah's giving. Noah's giving speaks of sacrificial giving now this is in uh, genesis chapter 8 from 20 to 22. now you know what happened after the flood you know in the flood during before the flood god ordered noah to build an ark for so for 100 years he was building a great ark and after that god told noah to take the clean animals and the unclean animals For the clean animals, he, he took them to the ark. Seven pairs, then two pairs of the unclean. So he took all the animals into the ark. After the flood, the earth was destroyed. The ark was opened and these animals came back from the ark. They came out of the ark. You know what he did? After the flood, what was in the ark was a kind of scarce commodity. Because the whole world, if you you have sheep, you have few sheep. <laughs> because that was the only God allowed a small number to be taken into the ark, because he had to reserve the species of every kind of animal. So it's just a scarce commodity. One male, one female, like that. And then these animals were to were to repopulate the earth after they are kind. Aha. Uh-huh. So. Noah went and took the clean animals to sacrifice it to, the, to God. God was shocked. Number one, because this was of a high commodity. The animals in the ark were scarce commodity. You can't get them. Why are you going to get them? As ah, so he took them, Noah was like jeopardizing the future. When he killed them, how is he going to have some? So his giving was a kind of faith. And love. So he took this scarce commodity and offered them to God. God was moved. God was moved. You see, it's not... (laughs) The giving that moves God has to do with how much it costs you. That's the giving that moves God. (laughs) You see, it, it. God was so moved. How could such a man do this for me? He was moved. And the Bible says that <laughs> at Genesis eight twenty. And Noah built an ark and took unto the Lord and took of every clean beast. How can he do that? And of every clean, clean fowl and offered burnt offerings on the altar. So we are talking about quality and quantity. Because the Bible says every clean beast. How did he do that? Every. Before I end my message, you realize that the giving that moves God is a giving you take time to plan and prepare. For every clean fowl and offer them on the altar. He was jeopardizing the future. How can you do that? The next verse. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor. And the Lord said in his heart, I'll not again kiss the ground. I'll not kiss the ground anymore for man's sake for the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. You know what God did when he smelled the sacrifice? Hmm. That's what God said. God says that I know that the imagination of man is wicked. God is saying that you see God destroyed the world because the imaginations were wicked. And God said that man's imagination was going to be wicked again as it was. It's going to be wicked again, but this time Though their imagination is going to be wicked, I'm going to spare them because of Noah's offering. Noah's offering has kept us to date. You know the reason why the world is not destroyed? Humanity has not been wiped away. Noah's offering. Noah's offering. Let me show the nature of the seed offering and the sacrificial offering. Look, when the offerer gives his offering has the ability to bless his posterity although the giver is not even alive your giving preserves and secures your posterity although the giver is not alive <laughs> today although men are wicked god is sparing men god, god is not destroying men for their wickedness he could have wiped the human race far back, but because of Noah's offering, he cannot break his word. My, 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 Look, there are some people, you see them around. Everything they do prospers. The thing is that they are not even born again. They are not even saved. The guy may be a, a stubborn parliamentarian or a wealthy business guy, walking up and down. He respects nobody. But whatever he does, prosper, prospers. Even you, the believer, when he contest with him, he wins. He has money coming from every side. Favor comes to him from every side. And he is thinking it's because of his hard work and ingenuity. That's why he's been blessed. But he doesn't know that 200 years ago, his ancestor, who knew the Lord, took an offering and went to God and gave that sacrifice to God and spoke some words. And God who cannot break his word even after 200 years it's respecting the word and the offering and the seed and the sacrifice that was given centuries ago that's what seed does it can preserve posterity 300 years although the giver is not around that's what God did to Noah so the guy is prospering but he's thinking he's a cause he doesn't know That down through the ages, (laughs) one of his ancestors gave. And that is the giving that is preserving him. That's what giving does. There are people, everything works for them. But they are still in wickedness. Why? It's not them. Because God is a covenant keeping God. (laughs) It's amazing. You see someone around, a minister, he's prospering. But you see, his grandmom, went to that old presbyterian church and gave cassava and plantain and all that she had to to, to that presbyterian minister and that presbyterian minister said i bless you and your descendants (laughs) because of your giving and the covenant keeping god is honoring his word and although the grandma is not around all the blessings are coming to him and he thinks it is him although he's wicked god still prospers him because god cannot break his word people go like Ah, europe they are not even serving god but why are they prospering europe why are they prospering for your information by thousand eight by by thousand a.d all of europe was christianized if you study the history of christianity in europe do you know how much people have given for the land do you know their sacrifices people have given to god and have said things and spoken and prayed and given. god has honored their offerings and sacrifices down through the ages so Europe, they are blessed although they are full of atheists yet God must be faithful with his word and still bless them although they don't don't even believe him and they are still wicked, God must still be faithful in keeping his word (laughs) yeah, you go to places like Norway, some some of these countries they are wealthy you you, you are amazed no, just check a century before what their fathers were doing they were giving but Africa but africa some of you in your family you are the first generation <laughs> no, nobody has given for you you are not giving for your children <laughs> hallelujah so when you go and give like that my 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 what is happening is great so when god says give you have no idea what God is doing. He may be delivering your descendants 200 years from now. Anyway, we would have been in heaven by then. <laughs> but that's it. Even your children, you know what is going to happen to them? Your own children, your giving is going to affect them. Praise God. Hallelujah. My, 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 my. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And what did God say? Ha. Ah, the next verse, verse 22. While the earth remaineth. That is why God said all of these. Seed time and harvest. Cold and heat. Summer and winter. Day and night shall not cease. Praise God. Hallelujah. I like it. God never said seed time and harvest time. There is a the time for seeding. There is no time for harvest. The moment you sow your seed, heaven responds. The manifestation can be any time. It can be now or tomorrow. <laughs> you know there's a way you can have instant prosperity you know that Psalm 1 8, verse 25 save now I beseech thee O Lord O Lord I beseech thee send now prosperity what a prayer the psalmist said Lord send now prosperity there are people who want now prosperity because you realize that there's something you need You need a breakthrough. There is a need on your heart. You have to pay something. You have to pay the rent. You have to pay for the house. You have to pay for the car. You have to pay for that person. You have to send now prosperity. You see, when he prayed that, he didn't just go, God gave him light. (laughs) You can't say, send now prosperity and end in prayer. Prayer will not give you the prosperity. But prayer can give you light into what to do to attract the prosperity. So the psalmist prayed and said, send now prosperity. So how do you access now prosperity? The next verse. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you out of the house of the Lord. The next verse. <laughs> Let me try and summarize it. So he prayed. He prayed. He said, send now prosperity. Then he said, God is a Lord which has showed us light. So now God gave him light. God has showed us light. He was praying, Lord, we need now prosperity. And he said, God has shown us light. What was the light? Bind the sacrifice with cots, Even unto the horns of the altar. So that now prosperity deals with the sacrifice. I like it. It says, bind the sacrifice with cots. You have to bind it. Sometimes the sacrifice is stubborn. It wants to run away. You put the sheep on the altar, it, it, it must kill it. Because if you don't burn it, it will try and run away. That money in the bank, God is calling for it. God is calling for it. <laughs> calling for it. <laughs> the word sacrifice in Greek means tousia, to kill and to slaughter for a purpose. So you, you are killing that amount in the bank. You are putting it on the altar; it wants to run away. All your heart is in it. He says, "Bind it with cords." Bind it. That's savings. He says, "Bind it with cords," because you see, as you bind it, that's a secret to now prosperity. That's a secret. That's a sacrifice. Hallelujah! My, 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 my. How many of you want to now prosperity? As you raise your hands, you see what God will do. God will now give you light, and light has to do with binding a sacrifice. Huh. And what you have to give must be a sacrifice. See, there are some things you give; it doesn't cost you. It's not called sacrifice. What doesn't cost you is never a sacrifice. Uh-huh. You have a, a, a five thousand Ghana in your pocket and you give 500, it's not a sacrifice. If you give 5,000 Ghana, it's a sacrifice. It's almost like your life has ended. (laughs) So, hey, where am I passing? But that's a sacrifice that moves God. It's amazing. People have not dared to see God's faithfulness. So they fear to venture. But you must put aside your fear and break through you find a plain land. People are afraid. They don't really. It's a trust issue. Will God keep his word? You have to dare him. And ban a sacrifice. Break through. You see where God will take you? You see where God will take you? Oh my, 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 my. My, 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 my. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, Proverbs 13 verse 8. The ransom of a man's life are his riches. (laughs) If you take them and read in other versions, it's amazing. The ransom of of a man's life are his riches. You know what this verse means? This verse means that your money or your riches is for your deliverance. The ransom of a man's life are in his riches. Why does God give you money? Your money, the money in your bank account is not just for eating. It's not just to take care of your life. It's for the ransom of your life. Hmm. Understand that there are certain things that does not answer to prayer. There are certain things to that, that does not answer to fasting. There are certain things that answers to both fasting and other, other stuffs. You see, God wants you to work in his principles. Hmm. The ransom of a man's life are in his riches. Hmm. Pastor Chris said a man came to him. He had HIV. Uh-huh. With a nice car. He was dying. I mean, he was dying. He said, he has tried everything. It's not working. He doesn't know what to do. He was speaking. his was just looking at him. So you don't love the Lord. What is your car doing? If you we're crazy enough, you'd have given your car to the Lord. Because the ransom of a man's life are in his riches. That giving is, is the ransom of your life. You say so you have nothing to give, but you came the a nice car. You could have given it. Pastor Chris said the man died and the car was still alive. The car was still around. <laughs> so if you die, the car will still be there. Yeah. So you are looking for a job. The ransom of your life and your riches. So a seed. So I a seed. You're looking for, <laughs> you want to live in a nice house. So I a seed.
1: The
2: ransom of your life is in your riches. You want to be delivered from mental torture. The ransom of your life is, the ransom, your deliverance is in your riches. That's what the Bible says, money answers all things. God has given the money as a principle to be the ransom of many things. That sickness, the doctors, you've done everything. You've confessed. You've prayed. You've done everything. It's not going. <laughs> try try seed sowing. Direct it to that place and see what will happen. Your marriage is not working. So I see it. <laughs> Things are not working. You are, you are full of frustration and depression. So I see it. It's amazing that you see what happens is that when you sow a seed, God is able to make all grace Because the seed has the ability to attract every kind of grace that you need for that situation. So you are saying, Lord, deliver me, deliver me. Nothing is happening, but God gave you money. He has given you a ransom. That is a ransom for your life. That migrant has been there for a long time. All the powerful men in the country, they have laid hands on you. It's not going. (laughs) Go and sow a seed. That's a ransom of your life yeah it's amazing that sometimes a principle will work but another you've tried other principles it's not working <laughs> it's amazing god is amazing there are things prayer will answer but you try prayer it's not it's, it's not answering try giving praise god Hallelujah. that's what rockefeller rockefeller did the doctor said he was going to die at age 53. he gave half of everything he had he had and he lived 93. <laughs> 40 more years. Because he was not going to live to the, the year end. But he gave. He gave. And he, st- he, he lived to 93. That ran some of a man's life. Can you imagine? <laughs> you know what a seed does? When a seed enters the ground, two things happen termination and germination it is first terminated before it is germinated when you carry the seed let's say you are sowing your seed for frustration you are sowing a seed for joblessness you are sowing a seed for sickness you are sowing a seed for your parents you are sowing a seed for different different things different harassment and embarrassment of life that is the seed and you you go and plant the seed Now, the seed must be terminated before it is germinated. When the seed starts dying, there is decomposition, there is decay, there is dormancy, there is death. When the seed starts dying, that frustration starts dying. That joblessness start, begins dying. <laughs> that childlessness begins dying. Because your, your problem is tied up with the seed. As it is dying, that challenge is also dying. But the seed is not just terminated. it is also There's also germination. So death is a doorway to life. The termination of the seed brings germination of life. So what happens is that what you are looking for, you begin to see the blessing of it. So frustration is not just terminated. You begin to reap joy and direction in life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The ransom of your life. That's the power of the seed. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yeah, Go and do it and see. Ah. Ora Robert was on a sick bed. Faith, faith evangelist. At that time he wasn't saying, I declare I'm healed. He just signed a check. And signed a check. Send it to you. <laughs> As the check went, he was raised from the sick bed. <laughs> He was raised from the sick bed. (laughs) The ransom of a man's life are in his riches. Your deliverance is in your wealth. Yeah. You are going to give birth to a child. The doctors are saying there are complications. Listen, take a seat and go and sew. (laughs) Take a seat and go and sew and sleep. That is it. (laughs) The ransom of a man's life is in his wealth yeah it's amazing it works glory to god you know how solomon got his wisdom he didn't get it by prayer he didn't get it by prayer his giving attracted the presence of god it is when he had given a thousand bullocks that god couldn't stay on his throne god was moved he said what who is this and what is this he came to his room And God said, what do you want at all? So, his giving provoked God's manifest presence. Then God gave me a plain check. What do you want? I said, Lord, I don't need anything. I don't need money. And that granted him the greatest wisdom unto Christ. How did it come? By giving. God is able to make all the grace. So, you can give for academic success. You can give for academic intelligence. Because it can attract that kind of grace to you. Hallelujah. My, 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 my. You you have to just give, 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 give. Give for that business. Give, give, give. Give. 1999, the Lord spoke to me. I didn't even understand what God said. I was lying down. I heard a voice. The voice said, When you give... I will deliver you when the powers of darkness shows up i didn't know i didn't have any scripture proof for it how can giving i was so shocked how can giving deliver the power of darkness later on i go to understand that ransom of a man's life are in his riches hallelujah, hallelujah. praise god hallelujah. Now let's come to kingdom prosperity Sir. but we are still talking about kingdom prosperity hallelujah all right matthew chapter 16 verse 19. Matthew 16 verse 19. Jesus said to Peter and I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So I'm giving you the keys of the kingdom. What you allow on earth shall be allowed and what you disallow shall be disallowed. All right. It's not a key but keys. Uh-huh. So for the kingdom to operate in a kingdom, you need to know the operational keys for everything, for every door in a kingdom. The fact that there are, there are keys means there are different doors. You see, keys represent authority and access. Authority and access. He didn't say I give you a key. He says the keys. The keys. The keys. So there are many doors to open. There are many doors to open. There are many keys. Yeah, but keys. Now in the Bible, key also stands for revelation, knowledge, revelational knowledge. In Luke eleven fifty-two, he says, "Woe unto you lawyers, for ye have taken the key of knowledge." Woe unto you lawyers, for ye have taken the key. Luke eleven fifty-two. So there is a key of knowledge. Key also speaks of revelational knowledge. The Bible speaks of the key of death and Hades. Now, so there are keys of access, revelational knowledge. In Matthew 6:33, Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. You know what it means. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. The righteousness is used in a different way. Different from us we understand righteousness in this verse. The context is quite different. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all the right ways of doing things. <laughs> Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all its justifications. What can justify you? It deals with your rights. Your right in the kingdom the principles to access your rights and privileges in the kingdom there are righteousnesses ordinances you know there are keys there are principles that are laid down by which you can access what is yours in a kingdom there are right ways of doing it now when Ghana now The church system is a kingdom system. Now, we are operating in the kingdom of heaven. When the Bible speaks of the kingdom of heaven, it's not heaven. The kingdom of heaven is the manifestation on earth. The ruling of God from the heavens. The kingdom of heaven is on earth. Today. It's like uh, the British colonization. The British came to colonize Ghana. So we became their kingdom. We became a kingdom of the British. And they gave us their system of living. They gave us their system of health, their system of education, their system of taxation, because we were colonized by them. So we began to think as they, they think, their health system. That's how the kingdom of heaven is. In the kingdom of heaven, we have the health system of heaven's kingdom, the educational system of the heaven's kingdom, the teaching of the word. We have the taxation system of the kingdom of heaven, Titan. Because we are in another, another kingdom, the system of oppression is quite different from this base kingdom of the earth. So he's saying that there are right ways of accessing your rights and what is yours in God's kingdom. As you seek first the kingdom of God and how things work, everything everything will come to you. And how things work, everything will be drawn to you. Hallelujah. Everything will be drawn to you. But people decide to operate in the kingdom of Ghana instead of, instead of the kingdom of heaven. So they are all engrossed in work and wages, buying and selling. It's a, it's a failing system. You will be frustrated. You be frustrated. You need faith to step out of that system. Of course, you are not system, but you need a higher law to operate in. If, if you will ever laugh, and smile, in the presence, in this present economic holocaust. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, in the kingdom structure, or we call it kingdom culture, there's a way you give to the king. There are what we, what we call royal protocols that governs your speaking, your, your giving to the king. Now, there are some certain rules that governs every Every kingdom. And what I'm saying, actually, this principle governs earthly kingdoms and heavenly the heavenly kingdom. It's a kingdom culture. It's, it's the way by which kings rule. Kingdom culture. And there are royal protocols. For instance, even on earth, you can't go to any king. If you go to the eastern world, these powerful kings, you can't go to them empty-handed. You, know, you, you can't approach them. You can't seek their presence empty-handed. So ben tells a story that he went to he went to the east, other Iran, Iraq, some of those powerful those nations, and so he, he met some of the wealthy kings. And when he was going, so like a tour, he wanted to seek the presence of the king. But one of these eastern countries, but those he went with asked him if he has a present. He said, "Do you have a present? Because he cannot just go." <laughs> so ben said he had to now prepare a present before he could stand before the presence of the king. And when you go, the first thing you do is to offer the present before any conversation. Offer the present. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Your gift communicates what you feel about the king. <laughs> your gift, and you see, when you meet the king, you have to give carefully. What you give is very important because it communicates your attitude towards royalties. <laughs> in kingdom culture when you go to a king you don't just go and get something from a king it doesn't work like that you can't go and get something from a king no the only way to get something from a king is to go and give to the king that's royal protocol You want a king to give you something? No, you must first go and give. (laughs) And when you give, the king is under obligation to give what you give. Because that is their glory. A king cannot give back what you just gave. It's an insult to their integrity, to their glory and their wealth. So what you give to the king, the king always kings always wanted to show their pageantry, their pomp, and their glory. So what they receive from you. They, they double it and much more and give it to you back yeah but the only way you can receive from a king is to give it to him that's royal protocol <laughs> so the queen of sheba was smart the queen of sheba traveled all the way from ethiopia to israel and to see the presence of king solomon and you know how much it took 120. (laughs) Talents of gold. Talents of gold. A lot of money. With other things. Because she understood how kingdom culture. Royal protocol. You can't, you cannot just stand before King Solomon empty handed. Why did he come? Hmm. That's why in the Bible God says none should appear before me empty. Because he's a king of kings. A king of kings none shall appear before me empty. When Sheba was going back, I'm telling you, Solomon gave seven times what she, want, she, she brought. And she didn't go alone. She went pregnant. <laughs> according to history. Yeah. According to history. So, she received much more. Pressed down, shaking together, running over. <laughs> 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 That's what happens. Look at uh, Solomon. Solomon was a king, and he understood it. Solomon first, God gave 1,000 bullocks. Then the next time, you know how much he gave God, 22,000 bullocks, and 120,000, 120,000 sheep. Now scholars tell us that even in modern, modern te- technology, it is difficult to give that kind of offering in one day. So you have to sacrifice 120 sheep. You know what it means? 120,000 sheep. And 22,000 below. Now, your, hmm, it is an insult to give to a king what you can spare. Hmm. It is an insult to give to a king what you can spare. What is value? Value is not what you pay for something when you give it. Value is not just what you pay for something when you give it. Value is what cost you after you have given it. What cost you in giving is what is called
1: value.
2: <laughs> that is why value system value the system of value it varies if you see someone giving a big amount don't go like hey, hey 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 hey. all you know what you are giving is even more more than what the person is giving if you have ten thousand Ghana and you give it they give a thousand Ghana it doesn't cost you it's not value it's not value god's value system is okay now that you have given to me how much is left value is how much is left not how much you have given so your giving is your worth ship it's your estimation of his worth you are declaring how much he is worth do you value god this whole thing has to, to do with your love for god because that is why david look. In preparing for Solomon's temple, he gave half of all that Israel gave. He says, I will not give unto the Lord that which does not cost me. Have you ever practiced that before? What to give does it cost you? Has it cost you? Has it cost you? And Solomon learned from his father. And he knew how kings operate. He learned how kings operate. He learned how to observe royal protocol in kingdom culture. Because your giving is your estimation of the one you are giving to. That is it. Your giving is your estimation. There are some people, I, can, I can't just go and give anything. I can't just go and give anything. I need to plan and prepare before I can give. You know what Solomon did? Think of 120 sheep and they must be without blemish. That means you are selecting among about one million sheep. You need a lot of people to go through all the sheep one by one. Remember, they had to pick one by one to examine without blemish. Oh, this one is not crooked. The eye is, okay. the eye is okay. The legs are okay. The abdomen is okay. Everybody, then you put it aside 120,000. Then the bullocks, one by one. 22,000. How many knives are you going to use? <laughs> knives. They're killing. Hey. So when Solomon said, Honor the Lord with thy substance, he knew what he was talking about. He was speaking out of practicality. He knew it. <laughs> so this whole thing is honoring and value. I like David Bioemi. He put 1 million dollars in the in, the, in the offering bowl and said, "Lord, I want to put." He said, "Lord, Lord I love you." God says, "Prove it." He wrote 1 million dollars and put it in the offering bowl. bakataye. Neka danana. We beat him. Makorakatai came. When you give to God, when you are going, the joy alone. The joy. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you gave. Hallelujah. Ma, ma, ma. Kingdom culture. And we need this kingdom mindset. Royal protocol. And we are going to give in this seed sowing conference, let that be your mindset. That that day is an appointed day for you to honor the Lord. For you to sacrifice unto God. And you are approaching, you are honoring royal protocol <laughs> i mean that day is a day to show your value system how much you value him my 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 let me show you something let's go to matthew chapter two Maru matthew chapter two royal protocol i want to show you how giving is done how you prepare for your giving. You know what Solomon did? Think of 120 sheep and they must be without blemish. That means you are selecting among about 1 million sheep. You need a lot of people to go through all the sheep one by one. Remember, they had to pick one by one to examine without blemish. Oh, this one is not crooked. The eye is okay. The legs are okay. The abdomen is okay. Then you put it aside. 120,000. Then the bullocks one by one 22,000 how many knives are you going to use (laughs) knives they're killing (laughs) so when solomon said honor the lord with thy substance he knew what he was talking about he was speaking out of practicality he knew it So, this whole thing is honoring and value. I like David Ibuyemi. He put one million dollars in, in, in the offering bowl and said, Lord, I want to put. He said, Lord, Lord I love you. God says, prove it. He wrote one million dollars and put it in the offering bowl. Who beat him? When you give to God, when you are going, the joy alone the joy ah. <laughs> wow that's how you gave hallelujah. hallelujah ma 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 kingdom culture and we need this kingdom mindset royal protocol and we are going to give in this seed sowing conference let that be your mindset that that day is an appointed day for you to honor the Lord, for you to sacrifice unto God, and you are approaching, you are honoring royal protocol. <laughs> I mean, that day is a day to show your value system, how much you value him. My, 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 my. Let me show you something. Let's go to Matthew chapter two. Maru of the king. Matthew chapter 2, royal protocol. I want to show you how giving is done, how you prepare for your giving. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, (laughs) behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. The Bible said, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. Now, the word wise men is the word magi. Magoi, where get the word magi? The Bible says the magi came from the east to Jerusalem. Let me tell you who the magi were. For information, the Bible never said three wise men. It's wise men. Who were these magi? The magi, for information, were the most powerful people in the ancient world. They themselves were kings with their kingdoms, but the magi were king makers. There were those who enthroned kings and there were those who dethroned kings. In the Roman world and in the East. So what happened was that with one word, just one word from their lips, you are dethroned. Just one word from their lips, you are enthroned. In 600 BC, Daniel, the prophet, was part of Magi. Daniel was part of the Magi. And what Daniel did was that Daniel taught the Magi prophecies about Christ who was going to be born. And Daniel taught the Magi from the prophecies of Balaam and the prophecies of Micah. So from Balaam and from Micah, Daniel opened up that there was a coming star. And Daniel, in his 70th week, prophesied, describing and giving details the exact time Christ was going to be born. He was part of the... the 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 magi and he taught them that information according to history so history tells us that when jesus was born before he was born there was already an awareness in the roman world and in the eastern world that the king of kings was about to be born They, they, they were already in the in the known amazingly god made it known to the hidden the hidden were preparing for his birth but the jews were not preparing for his birth he came to his own, and his own received him not. Hallelujah. The, the, the second verse, verse 2. Saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? <laughs> he was not born to be king. He is born king. <laughs> For we have seen his star in the east, and I come to worship him. The next verse. When Herod the king... Had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. You know why Jerusalem was troubled? Herod was wicked. Now, for information, the magi they were so powerful. Eh? The moment Herod heard that the magi they were around, he was troubled, because the magi had already dethroned him before. History tells us that the, Her, the magi had already dethroned um, Herod and they installed him back. So when he heard they were coming, they, they, they shook. And for information, Nero, <laughs> the Magi went to Rome, and you know about Nero, he was the one who killed Paul, he was the one who killed Peter. And he was so wicked, that kings feared him. When the Magi entered into Rome, Nero trembled on his throne. Because he thought they were coming to dethrone him. So he wrote a red carpet for them and treated them nicely. <laughs> That's how powerful the Magi were. So when they go to Jerusalem, Herod, Herod was troubled. But Jerusalem was also troubled because they knew what Herod could do. Now Herod was a bloody man. He was so wicked. And he was the most insecure person I've read in human history. <laughs> he was so afraid that someone would take his throne. He was intimidated that his wife, he, he once said he felt his wife had his, uh, her eyes on, her, on his throne. So he killed his wife. Then he felt his brother-in-law had an eye on his throne. Then he killed his brother-in-law. Then he killed his three children because he felt that they had eyes on on his throne. And when he became hmm, Herod, when he became a king, destroyed all the Levitical priesthood. <laughs> Amazing, and set up his own priest. If fact, when he was going to die, he wrote a will that the day he dies, they should kill all the priests. They should kill a lot of people. He, he, as part, as part of his will. Because, why? Because he knew that when he dies, no one will cry. So when other people die, they'll be crying at least on that day.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so he was troubled. He was troubled. Now, the next verse, verse 4. And when they had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes, okay, they inquired when Christ or where Christ should be born. All right. All right. Look at verse 9. And when they had heard the king, they departed and lo, the star, which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was now people think the wise the magi were three no never no when you study history when they are moving they travel with thousands of servants (laughs) with a caravan they travel with cargo they travel when they entered the Jerusalem, the host, the host, the Bible said the city was moved. If they were three, they wouldn't even have recognized them. <laughs> yeah, the city was moved. How can the whole city be moved by three people walking, walking somewhere who, are, who have lost their way? <laughs> they traveled with thousands, the Magi. For information, they were the wealthiest people on the planet, also. The wealthiest people. And now, what happens is that when, according to royal protocol, when um, a king is installed into kingship, they prepare to give their gifts, their money to the king. But how much they give is directly proportional to the wealth of the king. So according to the law of kings, according to the law of kings, and enthronements by the magi, the least of all kings the least of all kings ever to be enthroned receives 110 kilos of gold from them. Which is five million dollars. That's the list of all kings. That's the list. <laughs> That's the list. So this time they said, Where is he that is born king? Listen, they knew who Jesus is, was. Because the word king, man of God, in the Greek, in the Greek, is the word curious. It's capital. It's capitalized. It's capitalized. Normally, it's not capitalized. But they said, where you see, that is born king is capitalized in the Greek. That means they are referring to the king of kings, the supreme monarch of the universe. <laughs> they knew who Jesus is. They knew that the greatest king of all ages of all time was born. Ma, 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 ma. And they knew that they had to go and present their gifts to honor the king. Now, when Jesus was born, they knew when he was born, but they didn't go immediately. Listen, when Jesus was born, the Magi went after two years. The wise man went after two years. Sunday
1: school.
2: (laughs) I'll show you why, two reasons. So Sunday school and uh, Jesus movies, as I said, when Jesus was born. The first thing is that Jesus was born in Bethlehem. The Magi didn't go to Bethlehem. They went to Nazareth. They didn't even go to Bethlehem. But all movies show that they went to Bethlehem. But the Bible doesn't say so. And the Bible says that <laughs> they went and they departed till they came where the young child was. At that time, in the Greek, Jesus was not brephos. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem, he was a brephos, newly born. But this word is the word, pideon. Pideon is a, a, a child learned how to walk. It's a word for a two-year-old child in the Greek. (laughs) So they came to where the Padeon was. They didn't go to Bethlehem. It was two years after. They went to Nazareth, and they didn't go to the baby Jesus. They went to the Padeon. Why did they take two years to prepare? Because they knew they had to honor the supreme monarch of the universe, the king of kings. It takes time to prepare. They couldn't just come anyhow and offer their gifts. That would be dishonoring. That would be against kingdom culture and royal protocol. (laughs) Because what you give to the king communicates your feelings about him. What you give to the king describes how much you value him. What you give to the king describes your attitude towards him. Ma, 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 ma. Oh. Ma. You know why we are preaching at this time? By the time we have the CISO sowing conference, it's enough time for you to prepare. You are not using two years, but the month you have. Prepare. I'm telling you. Prepare. Prepare well. My, 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 my. And look at what they did. The next verse. Verse 10. Verse 11. They were exceedingly joyful. And when they came to the house, they saw the young child, again the young child, the pioneer. <laughs> he was a child, he wasn't a baby. <laughs> into the house, can you imagine? It's into the house, not into the manger. <laughs> they up him, and when they had opened their treasures, Lo Now this word is the word Tessaros. But amazingly, it's not in a singular form. It it is used in a plural sense. (laughs) So they open their thesauruses. (laughs) I don't know how that is correct. (laughs) But the thesaurus, you know the meaning that in a kingdom, (laughs) it's like a, a thesaurus of a kingdom is like the vault. When you go to the bank, there is a vault where the wealth of the bank is kept. The money of the bank is kept. So every kingdom had a vault called thesaurus where their wealth was kept. Now, Thessalonians also speaks of a cargo that carries treasures. A cargo that carries treasures. So, just imagine what they were sending. The Bible didn't say they opened three, three small ports. We are talking about caravans, cargo. They're talking about the... the most powerful people on planet earth these were king makers these were the wealthiest people people that kings feared them and when they were moving they moved to thousands of servants and they had taken two years to prepare out of their treasuries to come and give to the supreme monarch of the universe the almighty potentate God himself the one they knew had been prophesied by Daniel (laughs) many 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 years before 400 years before, 500 years before, Dan had prophesied and spoken about him. So they were ready. Two years to prepare. The Bible says they opened their treasures and presented. (laughs) The word presented, amazing. It's not the ordinary word for present. It's a word for current things. Some current, current stuff. So all these servants came carrying enough loading, carrying enough loading. They carried and they offloaded. <laughs> offloaded. <laughs> of gifts. And the gifts in Greek is plural. My, my, my. So Mary, Jesus' family became the wealthiest. <laughs> they were the wealthiest on the planet. They were the wealthiest. Yeah. Now, Jewish history, when you go deeper into history, you understand that... Uh, Jesus was a relative. Mary was a relative to Joseph of Arimathea. And yeah, Jesus' uncle and they gave him the charge to oversee the family's um, finance. So he was the wealthiest man in Israel at that time. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. These people, look at how they valued the king. They came and gave. Now you know Jesus. You know Jesus. I want you to prepare to give to Jesus. To honor him. Honor royal protocol. Royal protocol. These are the keys of the kingdom. The righteousnesses of the kingdom. The prosperity of the kingdom. How to access his inexhaustible wealth. Kingdom. Whenever you give to the king, it is his honor to to outdo your giving. It is his glory to to outdo your giving. I said, you can't, in royal protocol, you can't give to the king when you want to. You can't just go and receive something from the king. In principle, to receive something, you give something. And it is his glory to, have to do that. Hallelujah. In the same vein, I want you to prepare to bless the Lord. And I, I pray that that day will be a day of worship. Because we are worshiping God with our offerings. And God will be moved. Make sure what you are given Reflect the worth ship. God will see value. Luke 21. Let me show something. Luke 21 when it comes to value. Luke 21. And he looked up and saw the rich men casting their gifts into the treasury. It's the same word for these guys were not ordinarily rich. This is rich, rich, rich. Like when we say an Nigerian is rich. <laughs> Aha. Filthy stinking rich. And they were casting, you know how they were giving? The word casting, man of God, is to give without reverence. The word casting means to throw. So they were giving anyhow. Yes, they were just, they were just, ha ha ha. And they just, just put it anyhow. So they were throwing their money into the treasury without reverence. The next verse. And he saw also a certain poor widow. Now, there are different Greek words for poor. But this word poor is abject poverty. One who is so poor that he makes his living by begging. That's the word for poor here. <laughs> so she was really poor. In fact, the poor called her poor. <laughs> Casting in Theta two might. And he said of a truth, I say unto you, that this poor widow, my, 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 has cast in more than they all. Now the word more in the Greek is more, let me show what it means. How many rich men were in the service that day? Let's say there were um, 30 rich men and they, were all, they all gave. They gave out of the abundance. Now Jesus said, this one has given more than they all. The Greek says that she gave more than all of them they are giving combined. <laughs> all of them they are giving combined. So you can just imagine how much they all gave together. If you put all that they gave together comparing with the woman's might, Jesus says she gave than all of them. And actually it's given in quantity. <laughs> more than all of them. <laughs> You know why? Because of value system. How much is left when you give? Value is not in how much you give, but how much is left when you give. For her, she gave all her living. So that's how much she valued the Lord. But they give out of their surplus. So I say it's an insult for you to give to the king what you can spare. You have money in your a bank account. But you you see sewing so conference, you bring thousand Ghana because you can spare it, it does nothing to you. Take it back. Take it back. It's an insult to give to the king what you can spare. You have violated a spiritual principle, royal protocol. <laughs> that is why you didn't pray in planning, listening to tapes on giving, preparing your heart. Because it's a it's a day that is marked for your blessing. It's a day that is marked for you to honor Jesus. To honor the supreme king of the universe. So you give what cost you. You give what cost you. You give. Ah. And go like, Lord, you deserve it. I worship at your feet. Lord, is yours. Lord, is yours. See, this year, as I'm walking up and down, I'm preparing my heart to to blow God's mind. In quotes. I know you, you know you cannot blow God's mind. <laughs> in, there's something in my heart. I feel like I've not given enough. I feel like I should let God stand up. You know? <laughs> I feel like I need to honor him the more. Yeah. Catch his heart. May that be your drive. Drive. You give and it costs you. You are giving you are not counting the cost. Because you know him. It's a faith life. You are honoring him. Ma, 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 ma. If the hidden kings could do this, and they read years after, when Thomas was taking the gospel to India, <laughs> he passed through the East, and history tells us that Thomas met the magi. He met the magi, and Thomas actually sat with them and told them the whole story of Jesus, because they didn't know the whole story. He told them the whole story, and they all believed they received Christ and they were all baptized and they became the disciples of Jesus
1: wow. <laughs> hallelujah
2: <laughs> when he was on his way to send the gospel to india i when we go to heaven we are going to see things so all of this video is going, we are going to watch all of these <laughs> it's amazing it's amazing they showed their substance but they reaped something higher Ma, 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 ma. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And people go like, "There is no excuse to say I am so poor; I have nothing to give." What kind of thought life is that? It means you are conditioning, conditioning yourself to be poor forever. You have nothing to give, but you came with a shoe. You have to be crazy for the Lord. We don't need. We don't need it. But we are, we want you to prosper. The Macedonian church, these guys, they now, the, the apostle Paul you know, they, they blowed his mind. Because the Macedonian church, they were the poorest church, but they became the wealthiest church. uh uh-huh. The Bible says they were number one in deep poverty and they were in great affliction. They had become poor because of the, of the persecution of the church there was rampant persecution amongst them so they had lost their goods and everything so they became poor but still the bible says they give out of their deep poverty so you cannot say that come september you have nothing to give that's why the word of god is coming to you in june so thou art inexcusable oh man (laughs) whosoever thou art that heareth this message (laughs) you are that excuse this is your occasion we are we are we, we, we are just there uh, what's the word the word will come my 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 these are kingdom protocols you cannot break it without it you'll be bound you'll be whipped you'll be lambasted by this economic system this failing systems of, of this world you'll always be grumbling and complaining Master church look they were so poor and they were giving everything to Paul. Paul said, I'll not receive it. It's okay. You know what they said to Paul? What do you mean you don't take it? You taught us, you say you the Bible says they give to Paul. I said, Not as we hoped. Paul taught them but at this this time, not as we hoped. It was beyond Paul. Said, ah. You see, every pastor loves the members. So sometimes you see the member is not having anything, and you are bringing a seed. Naturally, the pastor loves you. He goes like one part of him says, no, no. You, you need it. But scripturally too, he knows that is the way to your prosperity. So Hagen says sometimes people will bring and he will take the seed and go inside and weep. He doesn't need it. But he knows that's, that's the way. <laughs> so they were in deep poverty, but they gave. And they are given located the, the, the grace of God came over them. They were the only church says that they, they were partakers of his grace. Yeah, in Philippians 1, from verse 7, the Bible calls giving the fellowship of the gospel. That's giving, the fellowship of the gospel. And when he was in prison, he says, in all my... Bo-. So you have to read from verse 3, but let me read from verse 7. The fellowship of the gospel is giving for the gospel. But it says, in all my defense and confirmation of the gospel, ye are all partakers of my grace. When you give, you, partake, you give to a man of God, you partake of his grace. You give to a ministry, you partake of the grace of that ministry. Simple. I pray that the Magi will be your inspiration. Yeah, the Magi. And plant and prepare. You know, we have to just begin to prophesy. See what you want to give. See what you want to give. Before the year began, I went somewhere and I started prophesying what I want to give. Uh Uh-huh. I mentioned an amount i had never given before. By the grace of God, I've already given that amount. Uh-huh. Because you prophesy it. You speak it. You don't have it in your pocket, but you speak it. By faith. And things are working. <laughs> These things work. They are working. Ah. So speaking to wait, how much you want to give to God. Don't plan the amount you have in your pocket. Or in your bank account. No stretch your faith and tell the Lord Lord I want to honor you with this and I have it, it's coming to pass and speak the word and speak the word sometimes as I I I'll speak the word and I'll just go in my, to my room and dance I'll dance out of revelation because I knew it's done I'll dance, I knew it's done whenever the dancing comes, I knew I'm going to have the manifestation <laughs> I know it, I know it I know it so I, I don't live by I don't have anything in my pocket I, I I don't live by what I have and what I don't have physically we command kingdom resources yeah M- my wealth is not dependent on my bank account because my bank account can be full today and empty tomorrow <laughs> but I have a heavenly bank account and I'm constantly supplied yeah no, I live in a supply zone <laughs> i live in the surplus i am not need conscious i'm not want conscious <laughs> hallelujah. hallelujah my god shall supply all your need <laughs> the word supply is where we get the word surplus so when god gives you what you need he gives you excess. Hallelujah. hallelujah brethren it's going to be done then we will begin to sponsor the kingdom you need to learn this act of discipline kingdom discipline so you can stretch your faith for what God is going to do with this ministry. Yeah. Many who refuse to do have regretted. And if you do it, naturally, you expand your ministry. Even your personal ministry. Yeah. You learn how to live by faith, how to reap heaven's resources, and how to bless many. Many are in need. They are waiting for your eyes. Yeah. I'm telling you. Families are tied to your life. Too many people. Too many people will call you here and there. You can't say i don't have money no you're a kingdom citizen yeah you stretch your faith you begin to bless people help people that's what we are for so all these things are training for your glory hallelujah then you start giving the cars. you start building churches you will sign a check cater for a whole edifice for a branch of love economy yeah 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 but this these are the disciplines let's go through and let's grow please it is criminal to give what you gave last year. Do you want your life, to be, your life to be the same? Never give what you gave last year. No, 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 no. Otherwise, your life. So begin to prophesy beyond what you gave last year. Then your life is going forward. Forward, forward. If these things we are saying is not true, then your salvation is not true. Because the same one, the person who promised you eternal life is, is the same person who is promising you prosperity according to the principles of his word. <laughs> uh, so, it's, it's true. It's real. Let's work in this mystic secret kingdom keys and principles. Mystic secret. And we have joy because things are working for us. Hallelujah. Yeah. You watch television, what is happening around, when you go to town, I know I'm not part. I know. I know I'm not part. It's different. Lift up your, 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 your hands and just begin to bless the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mama, 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 mama. It is more blessed to give than to receive shakalaba sunday thank you jesus now wherever you are tell the lord to give you a vision for what to give in september lord give me your heavenly vision what do you see given in september Now, apply all the principles I've taught. According to kingdom culture and royal protocol, and according to the value systems I've I've spoken to you about, your giving communicates your attitude towards the king. Your giving communicates how you feel about him. Ah! In royal protocol, you cannot receive anything from the king until you have given. And he will outrightly outgive what you give. It's all about worthship. It's all about sacrifice. Noah gave. Scarce commodity. And God was moved and God spoke. What do you see yourself giving? Um, your, your vision is not according to your bank account. It's according to the riches of his glory. What do you see? What do you see? Tell the Holy Ghost to give a vision as Him what to give. Like the Nele, Cassandra, talk to him. Say, Lord, put your vision in my heart. Put your vision in my heart. Your vision in my heart.
1: Thank you, Jesus. The ransom of a man's life are in his riches. (sighs) What do you see? What do you see? What do you see? Akaya was ready a year ago. What do you see? What do you see? We will let honor the king of kings. The supreme monarch. Speak it out. See You are given what you have never given before. You are given the greatest sacrifice ever. You are giving the greatest sacrifice ever you are giving what you have not given before you are giving what you have not given before thank you jesus thank you jesus and as you give your best god will give you his best
2: thank you jesus thank you jesus father thank you for the opportunity to appear before you not empty but to honor your kinship your kindliness, your, your royalty thank you for this privilege you've given us in september we are going to honor kingdom culture and royal protocol and give you our best responding to how much we value you and our attitude towards you for where our treasure our heart is our treasure will also be there we are declaring that our heart is dying and we are yours thank you father for giving us this vision this vision will expand and we are given what you have never given because you will give back to us what you have never given back given we have never experience in, in the physical realm to you be all glory praise and honor forever
1: god bless you for listening